You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter, Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 173rd episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando. This is Matt in Minneapolis. That sounds right, Tim. This is Spencer back in Boston once again where the temperatures are normal, not like in the Midwest. (laughs) Temperatures are normal and your room is so big. Everything's so adult-sized. Yeah, yeah. Not not in the microtel any longer. Uh, Glad to be back. Gotta say. The funny thing about that is the bed bugs are bigger in the microtel though than they are <laughs> everywhere else. <laughs> not, or maybe it's just in proportion to not, everything else. Not in the everything's microtel. micro in the microtel. It's true. Now, guys, we just spent a good 30 minutes in the podcast green room getting our computers our, ready and not discussing we? anything at all about what we're going to discuss. So, um, yeah. real quick, today is a big day because we have top corner draft corner. Buddy Cop movie extraordinaire. It's going to be an amazing, probably the best one of all time. And since there's absolutely no bike racing to oh discuss, my gosh. Tim, every um, week I say so we much just go racing. right into it. And you always <laughs> pretend there isn't. It's, so much bikers. There's so much cross this last weekend. This intro is this intro is very compelling. You guys, I just want to break in here and say, do you know where I went on my last day in Madison? Besides brunch, which I went, I went to brunch. It was pretty good. I'd recommend Monty's uh, Blue Plate to anybody visiting the Madison area. But um, after I left there, since you guys aren't guessing, I'm just going to tell you. Yeah, where'd uh, you go? Well, you know, I had a couple hours to kill before I had to get on a flight. So I, I Googled, as you do, coffee shops. Mm-hmm. And uh, right around the corner for me, well, there were there were a few coffee shops around the corner, actually. And uh, most like of them a thousand. had like, you know, two and a half stars on Yelp. It didn't look that good and like whatever. And then I noticed... A five-star uh, uh, coffee shop right around the corner called Cafe Domestique, and I said, "Is this? Did Hincappy open this thing? Like, what is this?" I was just, I don't, I don't, I was just about to say, "Have has Hincappy sent them a cease and desist order yet?" Possibly, <laughs> because it's called. Out. But I, I, I was like cautiously optimistic that this might be bike-related. I wasn't sure. Um, so you know, yeah, I said, was... there's, there's a possible coincidence. You know, you never know. It, uh, anyway, but I went yeah. there and I was pleasantly surprised that uh, it was indeed a bicycle-themed coffee shop in Madison. It was it was great. I got a good uh, soy miel there, and they had Sven Nice's uh, bike up on the wall with some mud still on it from uh, some race somewhere that he did, probably Worlds. I don't know. Um, and a bunch of other paraphernalia around there, but... My favorite thing about it was that it wasn't only just a coffee shop. It was connected to a bike shop. And this was mm-hmm. not Obviously. your normal ro- hoity-toity roadie bike shop with a bunch of crap in it that I've seen everywhere else I don't care about. This was the kind of bike shop that I'm interested in because it was full of cargo bikes. Oh, yeah. That's the oh, cargo I've bike I've heard place? about this place, the cargo oh. bike store. Yeah, I called them, or Caitlin called them, and I sat next to her on the couch while she called them. Yeah, they I'm had... I'm interested in getting one of those uh, 
bullet cargo bikes. Oh, those the are the best. Heimar. Yeah, those are the best. Yeah. yeah. Now that you we guys are both dads, I figured you'd be very excited about this this news. But uh, yeah, they had pretty much every kind of cargo bike I've heard of in there. Did so. you start working some deals for us? Well, I I thought they were a little suspicious of me because of my beard hadn't hasn't really come in fully. I kind of trimmed it back a little bit. So you so looked like an undercover. I looked a little like a narc, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but I can see little guy's beard has really come in lately. So I'm thinking yeah, that's what I've been hearing. He, he's like good for a good ten percent beard discount at the cargo bike store. I hope so. Minimum. You match that up with a couple with a flannel so, and uh, some tall bikey you, socks. Probably yeah. get that bike for free. <laughs> when you walked into the cargo bike store, did they have a whole section of um, straps, like cargo bike straps, but made purely of old inner tubes? No, no, they they uh they were all made of hemp. Ah, natural. Oh, man, even well better. Done. <laughs> wow, that's a that's a way better segue than we had started. But let's segue right away into um one of the the biggest things we had uh, talked about was uh the signed Heimar Zubeldia jersey for the um the big yeah. giveaway for Didn't we give that away already? And... Yeah, we no. must have given that away like, that 10, like 15 episodes ago, ago yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah, well, we have not given it away, and since it's not in my possession, I can't lie and say we have given it away and kept it. And Spencer, I know you got it because I saw that tracking number get beeped. Yeah, here it is. And uh, I've got it right here. Let me just pull it out of the plastic. Let's pull that out. Pull first it time, out. First yeah. time out of the plastic since it's been signed, I'm sure. Does it still mm, smell like them? Uh, let me, let me <laughs> just... Grubby fingers all over it. Now it's ruined. Oh, yeah. It's got that. Oh, it smells like Spain. So this looks like oh. it's going to fit me. It looks pretty good, I gotta say. This is that a, is a um, signed Heimar Zubeldia jersey from yeah. the very last day of the Heimar Zubeldia professional cycling career. Now this says oh, it's so an XL, but this is uh, definitely a Euro XL. I gotta say, <laughs> it's American well, small. Now, Spencer, if you turn, if you put that on, do you do you become invisible and then just show up like randomly every now and then? In the, uh, like, oh, I guess Spencer's here. I, <laughs> Who knew he was here? I put this on and I finish between sixth and twelfth place in everything that I do. Like, oh, we're going to a new coffee shop. Oh, there he is, sixth place in line. Yep, exactly. <laughs> all right. So we um, we said we were going to uh, all past subscribers and new subscribers um, or supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network yep. get to become um, members and Spencer. I would like for you, because I have a list here of all of the um, supporters of our network, all of the yep. subscribers and one-time donators to the um, network. I would like, um, I, w- I would like for you to uh, go ahead and uh, choose a number between, let's see, one and a million. Okay, I'm gonna uh, keep it on the. L- I'm gonna keep it on the low side. Uh, Thank I, you for that. I feel like I feel like you want me to say sixteen, but I'm not going to give it to you. I'm not going to give you that easy one. But because uh, you know, most of the time, our biggest fans, you know, they try for that sixteen, but they miss a couple spots either direction. So I'm going to go with nineteen. Ooh, not bad. My old hockey number in high school. Is it? I, appreciate I take it back. It. Very nice. Nope, can't number nineteen on our list. Let me do some uh, data um, subscriptions here and look. Okay, we have the winner. The winner this is, is exciting. Um, this is very good. We have the winner, Yvonne Yip. 
I believe is uh, the name. We have your email here. So Yvonne, if you want to contact us at the uh, slow ride podcast at gmail.com or you can tweet us, you have yourself a brand new Heimar Zubeldia Trek Segafredo yes. racing jersey. And uh, we could not be more excited for you. Round of applause. Yeah. So thanks for your support good. of the Slow Ride Podcast. Um, gentlemen, a couple of uh, news things I did want to hit up right away. First off, biggest news in American cycling, the new future of American cycling ever since uh, Andrew Talansky <laughs> retired. Mm-hmm. Logan Owen has finally signed a oh, world yeah. tour contract. I could not be more excited for the great hope of spring classic superstardom. Mm-hmm. Logan Owen taking a riding for the ride Argyle next year. No idea what education first kit will look like, but man, Logan Owen, by far the most important signing in the offseason for Cannondale. So here's or, a question. What is education first? Here's a question. Now, ride Argyle, we don't know what their kit's going to look like. We imagine it's uh, it's going to have some Argyle worked into it. Now, they've been toning down the Argyle for years. Do you think they're going to bring it back up? Hmm. Maybe. You guys seen the Education First logo? It's pr- it's going to look good on a kit. Is it's it? pretty crazy. It's an looked. E and an F with these like concentric circles built into them, and it's it's going to make a pretty sweet retro kit, I think. Just do a little Google image search of their logo, and just the 1980s jerseys just pop into your mind. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But mix that with a little Argyle. I think that'll be good. Well, well, The other big important uh, thing that I I think that we do need to get into is the the fact that Frankie is back. I don't know if you saw this uh, big news, but uh, on the Twitter sphere, um, Luis Angel Mate of uh, the Cofidis team um, was out riding, and uh, Frankie the uh, Macaw Parrot was out to... uh, Say hello and ride along with uh, with another rider. So it's good to see that Frankie is in fact doing uh, okay since the unfortunate passing of uh, Ms. K- McKelly Scarponi. Yeah, yeah, I saw that uh, earlier today too. That was pretty cool. I thought that was glad pretty he's cool. glad he's getting out, getting some riding. Um, get... So and, yeah, go ahead, Tim. Well, I was going to say, you know, the other big news, of course, is Cross is back. But if you wanted to take well, care of your stuff. You yeah, I better take care of my stuff because I think it leads into your stuff. Um, you you said earlier that the next great American hope was 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 back. And uh, Logan Owen, you know, joining a European Pro World Tour team. That's great and all. But then he's already been superseded because the next, next great American hope is here. Guys, he was here at KMC Racing Cross this weekend. Bjorn Sealander is back. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and he's like crushing it. souls already on the cross scene. We've gotten reports that he's been training all summer to have a great season, and uh, he's been showing it so far in the uh, in the C1s and everything else. Uh, fifth Here's place, I think, he had in Vegas and uh, followed it up with another one here in, in, in New England. Now, Spencer, you were there for a couple of those races, correct? Uh, I was there only on Sunday. So here's my question for you. How nervous do you think the the established like cross the the old guard of cyclocross right the hides the the powers like the guys that have been around for the last three years near the top mm-hmm. are worried about Bjorn Sealander or do you think he's still under the radar a little bit they're kind of like yeah that guy he was just the national champion of U twenty three former white jersey wearer in the Giro but no big deal 
Yeah, you only rode for uh, Radio Shack and and Trex and all that. Um, I don't know. I haven't I haven't pressed the issue because I don't want to I don't want to tip his hand in case yeah, they because they aren't onto it yet. But he has. I feel like he's been sliding under the radar. Um, I feel like he's not. He hasn't really burst onto the scene yet, even though he's definitely burst onto the scene. You know? Yeah. I think. Do you think we're doing him a disservice? In a couple races, does that? Yeah. You think he, he, we're doing him a disservice? Because I heard some of the recordings that you got when you were out at KMC Cross from like guys like Jeremy Powers and Ian Field and Kerry Warner. They obviously listen to the Slow Ride podcast. And now we're talking about Bjorn Sealander. Now, you know, we could be giving away the uh, farm. It's true. and uh, But he is an international man of mystery. I did try to find him to get one of those uh, Slow Ride podcast sound bites, and, uh, and he was nowhere to be found. Like So I see, feel like he hides in the group, and they're never going to know he's there no, until it's too late. See, He's he's one step he's outsmarting you there, Spencer. He knows what you look like because we've been bugging him for the last fifteen years about various podcasts and fake <laughs> cycling news sites that we've run. Yeah. That uh hey Bjorn, when are you gonna come to Velocross and various other things that he saw you coming, he saw the beard, and he was like, I got a skedaddle. Probably. Yeah. Or whatever so. the Norwegian version of that is. So and then any uh, any other big news at KMC Cross besides a Friday night race? I mean, come on. Yeah, that was that's about it. I mean, not much to report from there. Uh, Friday night race. I don't know. I wasn't there. I was at work, like like everyone else. So I didn't I didn't really see what and happened. This was this was part of the new Trayvon series. Yeah. Right? So this was yep. the kickoff for the U.S. Uh, Cup of Cross. Or something like that, um, which is the four weekend seven race uh, series with a ten thousand dollar winner take all prize at the end. And so, starting that race series on a Friday makes sense. Why? Because um, you can do three races in a weekend. No, 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 no. It's better than that because you can do a Grand Fondo on Thursday, and you can do Masters racing on Saturday, and then do UCI races wherever they fit in. I, I don't I don't like Friday races just because of the night thing, but I mean I understand U.S. promoters got to do enough. They got to do enough races for all the amateurs that want to show up. It's just a different. It's, it's just true. a different scene it's, here. It's hard I mean, to it's make a buck. It is, and that's it's good. hard to make a buck as a promoter these days when you're charging sixty one dollars for amateur fields. But who am I to judge? I agree. That's a lot for amateur is, but I don't know if it's all on the weekend. Then it's the Euro model where there's no. Races for the common folk being That's us. True. Well, you Masters know, and, racers, and, like the kind of guy that would own four cross bikes. Like, imagine if you knew the kind of guy that owned four cross bikes, what his sort of thing would be. He would, you know, he want to find a time to race, right, he, Spencer? He, he probably didn't race bikes anymore. But he probably didn't race his bike. That's true. <laughs> hey, um, was there any, uh, so who, anybody show off, like show up and race really <laughs> strong at KMC? Like, I mean, what? Why should I care as armchair cycling uh, guy about KMC Crossfest? Well, you were obsessed with Torben Ortenblad like a year ago, and now he's winning, and now you can't seem to mention him anymore. Well, your screen kind of froze there, little guy. So, which was hilarious because on my end, I couldn't hear you say Torben Ortenblad. So, yeah. um, you couldn't hear me say that, huh? Yeah, I'm kind of obsessed with him. Did he win? <laughs> I think so. 
He won. Oh, wow. He won. Imagine he that. won both days. Um, yeah. So he's off to a strong start in that ten thousand dollar winner take all prize pass, prize contest race series, and national how series. Did, uh, yeah, no, it's how called the prize Hyde pass. Do? You were totally right the first time. Okay. How did How did Hyde do? Uh, Hyde was uh, second on Sunday when I was there, and uh, I think he was fourth the day before or on Friday. Um, I yeah, wasn't. I, I right. don't have the results in front of me, so I'm okay. Might be wrong. And then on the women's side of things, I'll just assume Katie Compton was there and destroyed everybody. Katie Compton was not there. She fell ill. She was on the start list and uh, and and did not did not partake. I know Emma White uh, was was the victorious one on um, Sunday then, when I was there. Yeah, was Alan Noble there as well? She was, yes. Yeah, she's always fun to watch two race. So, I mean, the American women's scene, I think, is so strong beyond oh, yeah. just Katie Compton. So that's pretty exciting. Uh, no, I mean, there was have. plenty of depth. And, it, you know, it was a C1 weekend. So, you know, all the big hitters were there despite everything about the race being weird. So so how's the – is it an exciting course Anything, or do you – nothing to write home about? You know, it's it's nothing to write home about, which is disappointing because, it, you know, this is one that used to be Providence. And Providence was – in my opinion, one of the more fun courses that you could do uh, uh, nationwide. You know, like maybe not the best course that in existence, but the most fun. And uh, and they've had to move, and you know that stuff happens. But um, you know, I hope they can settle on something maybe a little better or figure out a better way to use what they've got. I'm not sure what the solution is. I'm not the race promoter, so that's that's you know, it's easy for me to sit here and complain about it. But um, now I'm. I'm you sure know, the racers, listen. the racers make the race good. So whatever the course is, it's the racing's still going to be fun to watch. Yeah, for sure. And then little guy, um, you had in the notes, super prestige. I was over in Europe. Should, should I be caring at all about there? Should I just listen to Crosshairs radio? I mean, I don't know. Vanderpool one. I just watched that and he just sort of, <laughs> of rode course away from Vanderpool everybody. One. I mean, <laughs> well, I think, I think it's worth noting in that. I mean, we're, I think we're seeing a, we're seeing a magical moment like in a year he'll like maybe not be winning as much and, and, and it'll be more exciting racing, but we'll probably look back and remember this time when he was like uh, two minutes faster than some of the best other racers (laughs) in the world or so. And it's, it's insane when you think about it, it makes for boring racing, but, um, my God, the other riders not, training right now like are they, is it too early <laughs> yeah, in the no. season like what's going yeah, they, on um you're right they all made it <laughs> no if you watch super prestige sunday he he rides off the front right away he gets tracked down by wout and like sweet couple like a lap half in two laps in or something and then he sort of just chills for a couple laps and then just goes again and rides away from everybody so is is wout on the way out uh well uh, he was second He's the, he's there. So look, it was good though. I liked your wow on the way. Wow. This brings yeah. up a, a, a question Please. that I've been having in the back of my mind for a while now. And Tim, I'm going to put you on blast because last year your theme was anybody but Wout. Has that position changed now that Wout is anybody? Yeah, is it anybody yes, but Vanderbilt now? Yes, absolutely. Well, it's, that doesn't work. So Wout is no longer out. That's going to be the new hashtag. Does that not mm-hmm. work? Okay. Well, Wout is my new guy. Work. He's the new. He's the hero we now need. He's he needs to come back and and take things over and make it exciting okay. again. So, so we're in a strange world where the world champion is the underdog. It is a very strange world that we live in. Yeah. That is that is in fact 
And you flip flopped on your position. That's interesting. Okay, I, I'm a flip flopper. I'm okay. I, I'm I'm okay to admit it. Um, <laughs> I don't like professional bike racing where the winner is always winning by two minutes ahead of everybody else. That is well, not so, exciting for me. And I don't care. Five years from now, I'm not going to look back and go, man, that was really awesome when races were horribly boring and <laughs> lame. I'm not saying the ra- that is awesome. I'm just saying that watching somebody at he's amazing right now. You could have watched, Sat- I forget what Saturday's race was, like Guyton or something, and Vanderpool wasn't there, and you got to watch a ah. competitive race because you had the, the all the other Euro racers who are the best in the world but are second tier in comparison at this, at this is, moment. You know? Is that going to be the trick for race promoters in Europe uh, is to give start money to everybody but then not offer any to Vanderpool so that he doesn't show up so that they have an exciting race? <laughs> Well, <laughs> it might be. I mean, it's it's the trick for these other guys to try to get a win yeah. and hopefully make make their sponsors a little bit happy. So maybe the other way they can do it is to offer the um a shortcut to everybody except Van, uh, <laughs> Vanderpool. I like right? that. Like, he doesn't dude doesn't need shortcuts. He'll just jump over. No, that's everybody. my point. Is that Vanderpool has to go longer. Like, hey, yeah. here's an extra 1 minute lap and then you get you guys get this it's kind of like in Mario Kart where there's like the hidden door. Mhm. And mm-hmm. then you kind of, yeah, you guys just go that way. Every so now like, and then yeah. just kind of Vanderpool keeps going over the flyover, but everyone else kind of jerks around to the side and goes through a little secret passage and pops out other where, yeah. uh, another spot on the course, like right behind and they him. Go, <laughs> and then they I mean, keep going. It wouldn't matter, actually. I mean, you, you'd have to handicap him a lot recently. Mm-hmm. It's pretty crazy. What if, what now, if he has to race one more lap than everyone else? Would that be fair? Then... Then he'd finish like sixteenth every week. So then, then we'd have to. He'd have to be the best writer for the Slow Ride Podcast. So. Okay. Now, before we get into uh, prem lap territory, and then to the the best ever draft corner um, in the history of top corner draft corner, uh, we we do need to talk a little bit about road, and that is yes. because the sixth monument of cycling is around the corner. Of course, I'm talking about Tour of Japan. Um, that is, uh, or the Japan Cup. Japan That's gonna Cup. Be, uh, tearing it up soon. I believe you and then uh, before that, one of the monuments th- of cycling. And then, and then before that, you have Il Lombardia, the race of the fallen leaves. Um, one of the traditional classics, um, the fifth of the six classics. And Chavez won it last year. Nibali the year before. Not Little guy, I'm gonna put Chavez. you on blast before Don't the um, before the uh, the race. Mm-hmm. Who is gonna win the uh, Tour Lombardia? Oh. I'm gonna say Nibali. If he's not too tired from, from, you know, all the other racing he's doing, I'm gonna say, yeah. Not, you think Nibali. he's the team leader, it's not Visconti? He's definitely the team leader. Visconti and Amelia the other day was just a ploy, and it just nobody chased him down. So, um, it just it just all went wrong, you know. And and Spencer, I, I, I who feel like it all who went do you think? Very right. <laughs> <laughs> terrible such a beautiful race sullied by such an annoying rider uh spencer who do you got to win uh lombardia next week? well so this is a, this is the thing um i think it's got to be philippe gilbert because yeah, he's be. he's going for the uh complete package of monuments he signed his extra two-year deal with uh quick step he's going back he's trying to win all six uh cycling classics uh he does not Wait. have the japan cup yet uh, so that's got to be a target for him. So he's got to be going well right about now, uh, which should put him in prime form for another win at uh, Lombardia. Okay, All right. And then so uh, my like, pick man, he's for the race, Lombardia. I'm just going to randomly pick someone here. Um, mm-hmm. 
my guy, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a teaspoonute. Weird. That's pretty good. Um, just just random pick right there. Just just teaspoonute. So we'll see if uh, I know. The- I know we're recording this Monday, and we won't get it out the podcast up before tomorrow. But there's a good Italian race tomorrow. The Trevali Varesin or some crap. I don't know how to pronounce it. But then also Thursday, there's Milano Torino. There's like there's all there's solid. Every other day this week, you have an Italian, a hilly Italian classic, like semi-classic. Are it's these good all the time? Are these the late season races that people do to upgrade from Cat Four to Three <laughs> in the professional tour? No, yeah. these are the late season races that guys do to get in that sparkling form to uh, try to win Lombardy. You know, these are the you races know, that are before Lombardy that weren't for a few years because the UCI read like did the calendar and like flipped it and ruined it for a few years and now it's back to the way it's supposed to be i have to say the the italians have the road calendar figured out they do mm-hmm. their super long base training with a little town line sprint at the end milan san remo very early in the season in march yep. Yep. and then they pretty much shut it off and don't do anything until august and september and they've taken all summer to just do beautiful rides <laughs> along the coasts and just Drink hang espresso. out, get tan, <laughs> and then they come in uh, flying for worlds. And uh, yeah, man, it just seems like they have it all figured out. Yeah. And then you do grass crits and you call it cross for the next month <laughs> after this yeah. week. And wow. um, boom. Sounds good. We're super excited for uh, uh, Lombardi uh, coming around the corner. We will definitely be uh, watching it. Hopefully not on a pirate feed. I gotta see if that's on NBC Sports Gold. I don't know if you guys uh, know. My my guess is probably not because it's a Juro. I think promoted. Yeah, race. it's probably, so on, it's probably the on Fubo. That. The Fubo. Yeah. Deal. Yeah. Deal thing. Yeah. Well. All right. So um, I say we get to uh, uh, the preem lap before we uh, come back for our epic top corner draft corner. All right. Let's All right. ring the bell. Yeah. All right. This week in the Prem Lap, we're once again racing for Health IQ, healthiq.com slash slow ride. Find out how you can save money on your life insurance through the kind folks over at Health IQ that partner and seek out cheaper rates for you based on your active lifestyle. Yeah. Exactly. Um, This podcast is supported by Health IQ. Um, You can visit healthiq.com slash slowride to learn some more about what we're talking about, get a free quote, uh, or check out their FAQ if you've got any questions. Um, But like Tim said, they've got special rates for cyclists. Um, If you're riding 50 miles a week, they know that you are putting in the work. They know that uh, that you're going to be a healthier individual and a better bet for them uh, than your counterparts. Um, you know, look around the office now. You're probably on, you know, doing crunching some spreadsheets or something at work. And, uh, you know, nobody there could take you in a sprint. So Not me. I'm doing ab crunches right now. All right. You could be doing ab crunches. Oh. Um, but Tim, it's not you... a visual thing here. Yeah, no. Nobody can see that. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> I can. Um 
LTHQ gets special rates for cyclists, for runners, for triathletes, for anybody who is living a healthy lifestyle, and they can uh, get you better rates by you take a quiz on healthiq.com slash slow ride and you score elite that means that tells them that you know what you're talking about and then you can show them your strava files you can show them whatever um to let them know that you're doing 50 miles a week or so and you are going to be surprised by how much money you can save on your life insurance now spencer do they ask you leg warmers over the bibs or under the bibs to decide figure out if you're a euro pro or you're just pretending to be a euro pro and they don't want to give you that euro pro discount no, they'll give you the Euro Pro discount, um, but you better okay. get that one right. You got to get that one. Right. I just wonder if that's like a sneaky one they throw in there. Like they have a bunch, and they're like, "Oh, this guy so sounds little guy, like a Euro Pro." That and then they're like, me. "Yeah, there's, there's oh, a your over. Euro Pro. You got to put the o- they go over." See the the yeah. See, you might not have scored elite because the uh, the answers available are over, under, or other, and there's a blank space <laughs> for you to write in what other is. So you choose other, and you say, and "Well, if it's a training race." Or if it's an actual race that I care about, you know, it depends. And so mm-hmm. there you go. It depends, yeah, context. If, if, if it's a race or it's just training, yeah. yeah. It's very, training very up to 70 degrees, so it's it's uh, <laughs> over. <laughs> exactly. But those guys are, they, they actually, some of the questions are not quite that minute detail, but, like, they're pretty good. Like, you're going to be impressed. I would just go take the quiz anyway just to see what it's like. Um, but, uh, yeah, check out healthiq.com slash slow ride. They've been a long time supporter of the show and the network. And, uh, it would be awesome if you checked them out. Give us those clicks. We'd also like to thank wide angle podium network subscribers. We talked about them earlier with the big winner of the Heimar Zubeldia Jersey. Go check out wideanglepodium.com to learn more about the shows. Fred Armistead was on a wide angle podium network show that was we got to hang out which was fantastic we also have consummate athlete who continues to slay it with their guests of their own the honest bicycle program and let's not forget about crosshairs radio and kids don't follow three straight episodes of kids don't follow coming at you with full length songs classic recording fantastic um he, he uh, Bill, Bill Shiken of uh, Crosshairs Radio at, on Kids Don't Follow was talking about the Meat Puppets. Now, I'm not exactly mm. the biggest fan of the Meat Puppets, mm. but I always thought that was one of the coolest band names of all time. No. Good band. And the other two band names in my top three, number two, Deer Tick, classic beer band name, love it. And the third one, Shellac. All three fantastic band names. You know exactly what you're getting when you listen to those three names. I don't even really like all the music except Shellac. But man, great band names right there, guys. Yeah, Try with to the meat, beat that. The come at me. Meat puppets, you get mumbling and heroin. Okay, oh, that's true. And it, they're awesome. But yeah, Na- name three better heroin. name band names, little guy. Uh, Bright eyes. Nope, wrong. Sunny day real estate. Mm, wrong. I'm gonna, I go, I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go Iron Maiden. Ooh, good name. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna go with. Not uh, as good as Shellac, I'm, but I'm gonna go with Del the Funky Homo Sapien. Ooh, good. All right. yeah. Little and, little variety. Uh, <laughs> um, Modest Mouse. No. How about uh, how about um, boy? I don't know. I'm surprised you're not choosing Wu Tang because that's a. I know. Classic I got it too. Just Blink-182. 
Oh, yeah. oh. Are we debating names? Or are we debating uh, band names? What? Come on, little guy. Nothing Rapid to do fire. with music. What are your three? Uh, I feel like I'm in a record store because I can't think of anything. I don't know if I. I have never actually thought about what are my favorite names. I guess the yeah, Supreme okay, Dicks. Well. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Revolting Cocks would be pretty good. <laughs> I just watched Repo Man. The Circle Jerks were in that. They were pretty funny. Oh, this is going downhill fast. The, what was the other band? The uh, Dead Eye Dick. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Dead Eye right. Dick was a band. So, little guy, um, in the the final show, we did not talk about Bike Shop CX. What's your question of the week to the guys over at Bike Shop CX? Um, if I ride a bike with side pole brakes and a cross race, did I ride a cross bike? Oh, find out that on the next episode of Bike Shop CX. And guys, let's get back to the show. I'm Ellen Noble, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. It is time to um, get right into some listener emails. And then the top corner draft corner. Um, quick shout out to um, a friend of the podcast, uh, Chuck Miller, who came into the Orlando area. Got to meet him. He hit us up to say, hey, let's go have a beer and talk about some bike racing. He came up with some good ideas for the upcoming cop movie draft. He did suggest that we do a draft on our uh, a top corner draft corner on um, uh, cycling nicknames, which I thought would be pretty good. So uh, mm-hmm. I agreed with him on that. Wait, we wait, also wait, got... wait, wait. You got outsider influence on your draft picks for tonight's no, you know, draft? I was, I was, you know, not every day you get to hang out with a supporter of the network that uh, is up to it. And he says, uh, hey, so you got this top corner draft corner. I was like, yeah, what do you think of my picks? And, he, you know, he, he kind of uh, nonchalantly told me they were garbage. But, uh, you know, it was pretty I good. Mean, <laughs> we're all good. He gave me some really good ones. tell you they're garbage. So. Well, he gave me some better picks to then go like, man, maybe my picks are garbage. But uh, <laughs> um, we got an email from uh, Derek Gross hits us up. He says, fellas, and this is a pretty long email, but real quick, I'm a sucker for the hourglass rear seat stays found on early Cannondale CAD bikes. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Yet I wasn't sure I wanted to commit to a red and yellow Seiko Team CAD, nor oh, the Make Why America not? Awesome Again Stars and Stripes CAD. Okay. For creating such an iconic bicycle profile, Cannondale is worse at color schemes than Thomas Kincaid, painter of light. Wait, I don't by the it. way, dropping Thomas Kincaid in your opening paragraph, lead paragraph, yeah. well done, Derek. Like, this I is – I one of my favorite things to do is whenever I'm on uh, traveling and I'm in a shopping mall or I'm at <laughs> Disney gift store and yeah. whenever I see a Thomas Kincaid, like, painting for sale or or a puzzle i take mm-hmm. a picture and send it to little guy the yeah. painter of light I, it's always so I, I can attest to that i get i get a fair right, amount Derek, of thomas kincaid texts uh Derek, <laughs> Derek continues that said i was surfing through the google box when i stumbled upon the cannondale 613 frame my brains mm-hmm. almost oozed out of my skull from sheer joy when I saw that I could have that sexy CAD seat stays along with a carbon down tube and carbon top tube. Nothing said mid ni- mid-2000s like a car- carbon cold bonded to an aluminum head tube and seat tube. Yeah. Naturally, I went to eBay 
and bought a completely raw 613 frame that shows the gleam of aluminum juxtaposed to the black weaves of carbon. Now I am in the process of building it up with components in the hopes of keeping the completed bike at 14 pounds or less. Hell I cannot yeah. afford Campy because I lack the, pr- the preem winnings necessary to use <laughs> as barter fodder at my local bike swap. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I must settle for SRAM Red 10-speed. Sorry, little guy. And if, if Derek could see little guy's face when I said SRAM 10-speed, he would... He said he a would, grimaced. Little guy didn't even wait for the apology. Here's where the question comes in. The sweet whispers of Google also told me the ad campaign for the 613 was legalize my Cannondale. Mm-hmm. Due to the completed bike coming in under the UCI weight limit of 6.8 kilos, should I procure the white and black striped Cannondale kit that says legalize my Cannondale? It's ugly, it's dated, and it matches my bike. My gut says buy it because God knows when such a holy trinity of cycling flair will ever come my way again. My cycling reputation is in your hands. Derek. Uh, yeah, of course. You have to get it. I mean, it, I, I think we t- – did we talk about this once before? This I feel like one those of the greatest frames, kits of all time. Those frames and that kit, that combo is going to – it's probably at its low point right now cost-wise. And it's going to be a collectible. Like that you, is going to be up there with the Red Seiko, I think, in terms of a yeah. bike that people want. Do you guys feel like there is a missed opportunity for Cannondale in the modern era – uh, where they could sponsor uh, former Tour de France winner Floyd Landis uh, with a Cannondale and a legalize oh. it uh, oh. marketing campaign that just really could uh, knock it out of the park. This may be one of your greatest ideas of all time, Spencer. I've always kind of questioned your thought process and your rationality, but man, did you just hit it out of the park there? I mean, there's yeah, there's a reason I'm oh. actually working marketing. <laughs> That, that that is such a good idea, and you know this is one of the greatest ad campaigns of all time. But Derek, thank you for the email. But here's what I gotta say: first, you need to buy the kit. Second, yes, you need I to agree. provide a picture of you in the kit with the bike back to us. And third, okay, included that. in that picture, better be some fishing weights on top of the top tube that are glued there or taped <laughs> yeah. with scotch tape to bring that into compliance with the UCI at the mm-hmm. required kilo weight. Anything here's- without that would be disappointed. Yeah, and I gotta, I gotta get in there. Sram Red, come on, no way. You gotta, you gotta get the Campy. It, I mean, that was the team. They rode Campy. I just looked it up. I was pretty sure, but yeah, uh, Lamprey was. Yeah, on, they did. Uh, they were on Campy then. So you gotta get the Campy. Come on, you're. It's gonna be cheap because it's vintage, but you're still getting ten speed carbon Campy. I mean, it's not. It's not like you're getting he, junk. He could, he could get like the, you know, the Centaur or something. You know, he doesn't have to go full record. You so know? we like should get him to, to go back on what he bought. Any campy's better than any yeah. SRAM. You got to get rid of that SRAM and get the uh, 10-speed campy. It looks so good. Oh, man. this I could Google them and search these things all day. And you yeah. will. Well, guys, so, we're, we're, we're starting to run low on time here on the show, and I have a feeling that no. <laughs> uh, this next segment's going to take a while. Yeah. Uh, Spencer, real quick, um, and this you can blame me for this. But we do have three great reviews on iTunes that I can just pound to pound through. I've ne- when have we ever gotten three reviews in one week? I know, but our listeners have Here, finally answered the, the call. Here's the thing about the magic of radio, Tim, is that nobody knows if we do it next week that it was supposed to happen this week. Okay, let's just do one. Well, now they know there's three, so you have to do them all. Okay, five stars. M- <laughs> MVDP doesn't listen, but I do. 
by not MDVP. Matthew Vanderpool doesn't listen to the podcast, but man, is he missing out. Hilarious podcast. So much so that I had to abandon an interval during the World Champs Road Race reveal because I couldn't stop from laughing. You're welcome, <laughs> not Matthew Vanderpool. Wink, wink. Totally you. Uh-huh. That's not, yeah, that was pretty suspicious, actually. Yeah. Um, five stars titled <laughs> Sink Sink L12's Du Nord from Buffalo Dave to go. I once saw a little guy fiddling with his bar and shifters on North 5th Street in between my work <laughs> building and the Twin Stadium while listening to an episode. I was in my car, so I wasn't able to yell honk my support for the podcast. <laughs> Keep butchering those French words, commentating on the local and international racing scenes, and be safe in the North Loop. It's literally a rough place with my wheel gobbling potholes and $9 bagels galore. Is that how much the bagels cost up at Rise? I've been meaning to go in there. It smells really good, but I haven't actually been in there yet. Dang. Wow. Little guy still out on the streets fiddling with his bar with his uh, bar and shifters. Good to know I call things it have shifting. never changed. It's not fiddling. It's called shifting. Excellent oh, show it. titles. Excellent show titles. Five stars from L Squared 86. Nice. Your recent show Show titles have me rolling. Using the gloves was an awesome title. I enjoy listening to the banter while waiting for the title to get dropped. I even started to take a picture of Ellen Noble at her pre-ride at Trek Cross, but didn't since she was nearly full schleck in the heat, and I didn't want her to think I was a creepy old man out there on the course. Good call. Good call. <laughs> We're very happy that uh, that uh, you gotta you gotta you you know you gotta respect the full schleck. Yeah, you know not every mean? full schleck needs to be uh, documented. Like mm-hmm. Klein Corners do. So if you see a Klein out do. there, send yeah. those pictures in. Yeah, we should make All T-shirts right. that say re- respect the schleck. Now, guys, <laughs> this is going to be one of my favorite all-time segments. And since I'm running the show, I get to tell you how it's going to go. We are okay. drafting the Buddy Cop Top Corner Draft Corner. Here we go. Here is the requirements. Using cycling personalities, you will be creating the cast for a psych for a cop movie so within the cop movie the classic tropes are you have the grizzled veteran cop Mm -hmm. you usually you also have the young up-and-comer hot hot whiz bang cop you know you also have the the uh lieutenant that has the commissioner on him right the commissioner that's it's riding them hard and then you have the ice man now I'm going to describe the, what I feel the, the ice man is. That's yeah. the bad guy. The bad guy that is clearly the bad guy. And then to a lesser extent, you have the guy you think is the bad guy, but ends up being the good guy. So, uh, Or just you know, not the bad guy. Just not the bad guy. Just kind of the... He's, oh, yeah. he's the false flag. He's the false right, so flag. There you go. What, what order are we doing this in? How, well, who, so who are we I picking was gonna, first? I, feel I was like thinking he, about... Oh. Okay. I was thinking about this the other day when I was getting dropped on a ride really hard and and coming up with some like oh we'll, we'll take the you know who got who won the the kilo in 2005 at the track because clearly it was me and then uh, I would get to drive first but then I decided the best way to do it would be a visual version on our Skype of paper rock scissors on three uh, oh. between the three of us and we can clearly see who the winner is. All right, hang on. Is it one two three shoot or or shoot it's- on three? One, it's, two, three, then shoot. Shoot. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So right. paper, rock, scissors, shoot. And then okay. like that, okay? Okay, okay. All, right. all right. Ready? Ready? Paper, rock, scissors, shoot. We I think I won. Um, uh, uh, I'm, do- I'm, I'm, I'm doing the uh, same Spencer thing. Spencer lost. So. This is questionable. I, I have a rock. 
What, and it looks like both of you had paper. We have I paper, had paper. But, uh, Tim uh, Spencer's was, last. Tim was making right. some questionable hand movements over there. So. All right, little guy. Paper, rock, scissors, shoot. Wait, wait, wait. Hold up. Let's do it again. Okay, ready? Okay. <laughs> paper, ready? rock, scissors, go. Scissors, shoot. All right, you go first. I don't care. Okay, I go first. All Peter right. Sagan. No, no, hang on. <laughs> no. Wait, it's wait go, what, it's, no, which characters are we picking? We're picking yeah, it's gonna, Spencer. That's what I'm trying to get to. It's going to go Tim, little guy, me, in order of uh, selections. But as far as I see, there's no reason to limit who you choose first, who you see as, you know, as casting no. director of this movie. You can choose whoever you want first, yeah, right? You can I draft like, the field. You can yeah. take the field and then try to come up with the plot. So that's why in a Serpentine mm-hmm. Draft, right. you'll be going back to back. Is I go it, first, I Peter Sagan. I don't know how I feel about that. Honestly, I don't know how I feel about a serpentine draft. Oh, I think it's serpentine all the way. We gotta do serpentine. Gotta be serpentine. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh, I think that gives some unfair advantages. But all right, all right. Whatever. Hey, I'm in the middle. It's I, I'm taking the hit. So Peter Sagan is the franchise. He's the Matt Damon of uh, the cycling world. You can build an entire multi sequels out of a Peter Sagan. Um, fueled movie so uh more than happy right. to take peter sagan quite a good I'm actor taking, i gotta say i'm taking uh hang on hang on hang on, hang on hang on hang on jesus christ hang on we're gonna talk about it later who everybody we're gonna no, build our movie no, man no, i gotta take my no. guy stop talking for two fucking seconds tim <laughs> what role is peter sagan playing in your movie i need to write this down in the I'm right i'm not spot. telling you till later no you he, have to tell us now you can't no, draft him without knowing where he's going to be in your movie. No, because I can't give away the, uh, the the whole like what I'm trying to do. Yes, here. you can. That's part of how the draft works. Do we need to start over? That's why I was saying we should we do like we we all draft the good guy. We all draft the crazy guy. We all draft the other. No, guy. I I still think we should be able to draft in any <laughs> order we want as far as that. But you have to know what role your selection is going to play. Okay, let's go again. So I assume Peter Sagan's going to be your star. So he's going to be your rookie cop. Yeah, he's yeah, he'll be my rookie cop. Okay, okay. I, I see what you're saying. So th- do you want to uh, do you want to just start the draft over again, Spencer? No, that's fine. I'm okay. going to leave your idiocy in here. My idiocy in there. That, that's yeah. the greatest pick of all time, Peter Sagan. Okay, that's great. The rookie cop, little guy, Sventoft. And what role is <laughs> Tuft going to play? Wait, he's the old decide? grizzled cop. Okay. Well, uh, I think Sven Tuft is a classic pick there, little guy. Um, I'm a little disappointed you did take him off the board. He was on my long list. And now there's... I'm all about taking away from you. <laughs> yeah. I had a big struggle with, uh, do I want to select all the guys I know Tim is going to want, or do I want to actually pick a good movie? Because I've got a pretty good plot uh, synopsis here uh, that I think... It's really going to, you know, sell a lot of tickets. It's going to move a lot of units in the business. It's what we say in the business. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the business, but it's movies. <laughs> oh, is it the business? So who are you picking? <clears throat> um, Speaking of. I am going to take for my bad guy, for my criminal, for the main baddie, Mario Cipollini. Oh, mm. dude, dick. Nice. Chippa, I... Chippa was definitely going to be a first-round pick, I think, for everybody. I mean, there, there's so many slots you could put Chippolini in. Yeah, which is which is kind of why uh, – good one. Which is kind of why I'm against this Serpentine draft, because I think it gives me too much power right off the bat. I got to say. Oh. I'm, I'm still who's... against this, even though it's benefiting me. All right, yeah. who's your next pick? <sighs> all right, well, um, then with my next pick, I guess I'm going to screw you guys all over, and I'm going to take – 
the brash young upstart cop, Mark Cavendish. He's oh, not see. an upstart cop. I had what him he... as uh, more pegged as the lieutenant. That's a good call, Spencer. I was he was on my short list, but I I found a better one. But uh, good call. I I was thinking the same thing. All right, um, little guy, who do you got? Uh, Daniel Oss. For what? Daniel what? Oss. <laughs> He's my he's my he's my loose cannon, man. He's my new cop. He's 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 crazy. You don't know what he's gonna do. With all that hair? Yeah. He could do anything. I know. He could go into male modeling next week. He's gonna really force. stress out Sven Tuft, you guys. Alright, so at this point I'm no longer concerned about who little guy is picking at all as far as <laughs> protecting my picks. This is clearly a uh, art house film that little guy is uh, creating. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I should have known. <laughs> now I'm still going for the, um, I'm still going for the big bucks. So I've got Sagan; he can carry the entire franchise. So I don't need much else, but I do need a quality bad guy. I need a, a good yeah. Bond villain. So I'm gonna go. Um, you know, and th- this is quite easy for me. The the Bond villain, the bad guy of my movie, is gonna be um, Phil Liggett. Um, I think Phil Liggett has got uh, so much to provide as the baddie. He can get the names wrong when Sagan comes in and be like, oh, if it isn't you, Mr. Cavendish. And he's like, it's Sagan. Like, you can either go comedy or you can go, um, you know, a little bit. Uh, That's pretty uh, good. That's pretty good. That was artistic. not the direction I thought you were going. I thought I had you pegged. And now I'm, now I'm curious where you're going with this. Well, the well, this is a you know Sven Tuft taken off the board. You know, at this point is uh, is a little worrisome for me. And then also, um, uh, you know, the old cop is definitely where I need to go on the board. So I am going to just take him off right now. I'm going to go with Tom Boonin. Um, a variety of reasons with Tom Boonin as my old cop, mo- mostly because he has the cars. He can be the driver, so he can be the grizzled uh, vet, and then. The plot goes that he gets in an accident and Saga needs to take over the wheel, and then Boonin's like, "No, no, no, that's not how you, not my car," you know. Right, right, right. right. Solid yeah. stuff. Okay. Well, right. uh, so we're back. I'm to just gonna guy. go right now and get my uh, my baddie out of the way, Floyd Landis, baby. Ooh, that's a good one too. What? Didn't expect that one, did you, Tim? Just like when you were his <laughs> fan for many years, and you <laughs> you didn't expect it. <laughs> it was the whiskey from the night before. Come on. All right, Spencer, then, who do you got? So Spencer, you've got a bad you've got the you've got the bad guy, you've got the rookie. You need a you either need a um lieutenant here. You got two picks. You yep. need the uh the supporting cast member, maybe yep. the gadget guy, I don't know. Um uh, I need I need my decoy baddie, I need my boss. Uh, you know, the angry boss, and I need my veteran cop still. And I get two in a row, so I need to decide which one of these is least likely to be picked. Uh, so I'm going to start with my decoy baddie, because I think he plays a central role in my plot. Um, and he is, like, very Bond villainy, and I was a little worried that you were going to pick him for your Bond villain, Tim, and I'm glad that you did not. But I'm going with Andre Greipel. Oh, so good. He, oh, he looks oh, the Jaws. Yeah, he looks the part. He's got it. Yeah, he's got that that shifty element about him, but he's actually a totally nice guy, and there's nothing wrong with him. So, so decoy baddie is Andre Greipel. Yes. And then uh, I guess with the second pick here in this serpentine, uh, I'm gonna choose my boss, the the angry boss who is 
you know, hand over your badges kind of uh, guy. Yeah, and put those badges in the drawer right here. Exactly. That's going to be Sean Kelly. Sean I hate Kelly. you. I hate you. You are Sean Kelly was going to be the guy <laughs> in third place. He was going to come in. He was totally my uh, my boss, Sean yeah. Kelly. He's Owens the perfect Fisher boss. No longer, no longer my friend. He's the perfect boss. <laughs> and my casting company has grabbed him. We made him an offer he couldn't refuse. And uh, yeah, sorry, Tim. Back to uh, uh, well, that's solid. Um, I'm gonna pick my my boss, uh, but is he bad or is he good? Matt White. Oh. Oh. <laughs> See, this kind is of a that. checkered is... past. Ooh, I don't know, but ah, uh, he's the lieutenant. You know, he's he's See, actually I had a whole... the director. Uh, yeah, I mean, Sean Kelly. I... I thought I was gonna be able to sneak that one in there. Um, so. I've got two back-to-back picks here. I am going to go with my uh, decoy bad guy first, um, and that is going to be, you know, I was going to do it. I, I can't do it. I w- okay. I'm going to go back stressful. to where I wanted to go originally. Stressful with him. We've ruined stressful. his plot. <laughs> you, you guys have no idea what, what, what you've done to my plot here. Mm-hmm. Um I'm going to take Bradley Wiggins um, purely because I think he can pull off the uh, the lieutenant, um, the boss cop role, but he could be like the cool hip lieutenant boss, like maybe you know a little bit more um, Twenty One Jump Street uh, style, you know, a little bit more uh, hipster. So I'm going to take mm-hmm. Wiggins as my uh, as my boss. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'd have to see him in the role. Maybe with the uh, maybe the wardrobe would be good enough to make me believe, but. You know, seeing that name across the screen, uh, you know, in the preview, in the commercials, like, not sold yet. No, I think they, no, because he could have a history with Liggett, right? Like, he, like, remember, Liggett's my bad guy, so Wiggins could be like, oh, this is how you got to approach him. You yeah. got to act like you're someone else. And then they're so like, Tim, oh. You're still missing a decoy. I'm still missing a decoy. And okay. the decoy is pretty, uh, pretty easy, I think, if you're going to ask me. The decoy bad guy, the guy you think is bad, but in the end is actually pretty good. Chris Froome. How could you go against Chris Froome? <laughs> who uh, I really want to hate the Froome bot, but you know what? At the end of the day, he's the one out there winning the world championship or winning the uh, Tour de France's multiple times. Okay. So I, I mean, you guys can just stop doing the draft now. My movie is fantastic. Uh, can't be beat. Well, we can't stop quite yet because little guy's got to round out his team also with the decoy. Uh, so my decoy is going to play a slightly different role in my movie, but I'll explain later. You guys don't understand. Okay. Uh, it's uh, Javier Moreno Bazan. Okay. <laughs> so you have Sventuff, you, you guys know all about that guy, right? Floyd Landis, <laughs> some guy I haven't heard of. And then uh, who is your fourth round pick again, little guy? Who is your boss? Matt White. That's right, Matt, Matt White. White. So, All right, well. That's a that's definitely a B list of actors right there. No, this is this is an art house film. This is only playing at the Lagoon Cinema or all of those movie theaters you've driven past, and you're like, mm, I don't know if I want to go to that movie theater. I don't know. Like, this this might go straight to DVD. This might be a, a Netflix that movie. That would be nice. Well, guys, is this a Disney movie? No, <laughs> it's based okay. off a different right, movie. Let, let me round out my pick, and then we'll go through our plots because I don't see how either of your movies are coming together. But mine is beautifully scripted. I haven't lost a pick. Uh, I've gotten all of my men, everybody that I want on the team. So uh, I'm going to round it out with my veteran cop uh, on the scene who's been through it all, Robbie McEwen. Ooh, nice. 
Because of the accent, right? Yeah. It's going <laughs> to sell a lot of tickets. You know, Crocodile Dundee did really good, and we're going to bank on that fame. Uh, mm. get, get a little yeah. Australian action back into the U.S. cinema. Uh, he did just talk about uh, so, fishing when yeah. I was watching the vault. <laughs> yeah, sure. We know, he can, we know he can do a monologue, so. Yeah, yeah. So, Tim, it looks like you have old cop Tom Bonin, new cop Peter Sagan, boss Bradley Wiggins, Iceman Phil Liggett, and decoy baddie Chris Froome. Yes. There's, there's okay. a lot going on here. A couple main plot points uh, or a couple minor plot points that really influence what's going on. Chris Froome, the decoy baddie, and the boss, Wiggins, don't exactly get along, right? So, like, mm. there's that whole subplot where Wiggins is trying to steer Sagan and Boonin into investigating one of their own. Ah. Because he's like, no, mm, he can't yeah, possibly yeah. be a good guy. And then Sagan and Boonin are like, no, no, he's good. And uh, it's going to be a fantastic um, subplot going on there. Phil Liggett is clearly the bad guy trying to influence um, Chris Froome. Now, there may be even questions, is Wiggins a bad guy because he's attached to Liggett? You know, there's so many um, uh, things like some insider uh, stuff going on. And little guy, you and I were talking about earlier, um, I, originally I was thinking of a fish-out-of-water comedy for this. Mm-hmm. But with the star power of uh, Peter Sagan, this is almost going to be a, a turn for an, aca- an attempt for an Academy Award. So this is going to be um, – Almost like the sequel to the classic movie Serpico, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. <laughs> but like I decided, it's going to be called Lombardia. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. I so was, I was worried when you picked Sagan that this might be a musical, and it could be a uh, <laughs> like you know, La La <laughs> follow up to a West Side Story type of thing. No, you know, I think Sagan he's like a uh, He's like a Jeff Bridges, right? He's just got so many skills. He can carry any type of genre. And uh, He's like a Nick I'm pretty Nolte. excited about this. Um, <laughs> box office gold. Uh, Spencer, tell me a little bit about your movie with uh, Mario Cipollini as your bad guy, who was my number two pick. Um, you have Cavendish as the rookie cop. You have the old wise cop being uh, Robbie McEwen. Yep. You have boss man Sean Kelly and then the, the – Decoy bad guy, Andre Greipel. Yes. So my plot... So who's the bad guy here? Sean Kelly? No, the bad guy is Cipollini. And I'm going to tell Cipollini. you all oh, about... Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm going to tell you about the plot. So the plot here, the movie is called Runaway Train. <laughs> like the right? movie starring John Voight? No, no. This is a new one. Runaway Train. Okay. And uh, the, as you might notice, all of these choices are sprinters. I see three of them speak English very well. Well, see, Runaway Train is a, uh, it, it's a, it's a, okay, <clears throat> so the lead-out doesn't exist anymore. That eight-man lead-out of Cipollini's day, no longer a thing, and he wants to bring it back. He wants to bring that back. He wants to bring back the first full week of every Grand Tour being completely flat stage with an eight-man lead-out at the finish uh, where he can sprint to a win, right? But that is no longer yeah. the case, so... Um, uh, an unknown tipster gives a tip to Cavendish, uh, allowing him to uncover this sinister plot. And um, also, how is this, he going to go about and get this plot working again? Well, That's see, what I this, hey, hey, let me set this up for you. This whole thing, also, I should mention, takes place on a train. 
So there's some conceptual, mm-hmm. you know, some yeah. multi-layers going oh, on. Oh, wow. It's, it's, it's about deep. a lead-out train. It takes place on a train. It's basically a murder mystery on a train. It's an Agatha Christie mo- um They're, like, novel. riding the train to the race? I mean, like, yeah. it's transfer day or it's something? It's transfer day, sure. Borderline um, inception going so, on. So, uh... <laughs> exactly. So Cav's uh, partner, McEwen, he blows it off. He's like, I remember those days. I headbutted my way through those days. Those days are never coming back, right? Um, you don't need a lead out. Exactly. Um, so they're they're on the TGV. They're on the Paris. Um, and uh, and Cav starts getting suspicious. He's looking around. He, start, he sees the gorilla. And he's like, oh, this dude. This dude's a guy. He's trying to bring back a lead out train. He's just one of those big, beefy sprinters, you know? And... Um, but then uh, Greipel, he disappears from the from the pointy end of uh, of the pack of suspects, and they can't find him anywhere. He has nowhere been seen for a couple years now. Um, but uh, McEwen, he starts to get suspicious because he starts seeing all these leadout men throughout the train in different spots. He starts seeing Bernie Isel, he starts seeing Mark Renshaw, you know, Kurt <laughs> Stevens, um, all these guys. Kurt Stevens. <laughs> and so he brings it up. He brings it up to Sean Kelly. Yeah, he says there's there's something that isn't right. Uh, mm-hmm. But Sean Kelly shuts it down. He's like, nobody ever needed a lead-out train. It was stupid. It's never coming back. Don't waste your time, right? But Cav and McEwen, now McEwen's kind of on board because he's seen all these guys. They press on, and they shake down Alessandro Pataki. Oh. And they're trying Does to an get inhaler him- fall out of his pocket just like for <laughs> like just as an Easter egg? They're, well, they, yeah. found him, they found him in the back of the dining car in the bar called the Sprinter's Lounge. And they shake him down. Bada boom. <laughs> they shake him down, and they find out from him that uh, that there's the Lion King, you know. And so they they track down. They eventually. I don't want to give away the whole plot of the movie, but uh, they track yeah, yeah, down the Lion right. King. Lion King's there. Gives away his whole plan, you know, as they do. Like spells are. Ah, oh, I would have got away with it if it wasn't for you. And makes one final dash for the back door of the train. He's gonna escape. Uh, but flash flash of uh, movement from the side of your eye quickly blocks him to the door. Who is it? Nobody else but the gorilla. Beat him to the line without a lead out. Ah, gorilla. So a couple of plot holes here, Spencer. One, (laughs) you don't have a false spike throw. You don't have like a Oscar Ferrer slash uh, Eric Zabel. um, You know, someone gets thrown from the train and then, oh, wait, they didn't get thrown from the train because the other guy got thrown. I don't know. Some kind of uh, confusion there. Overall, I I do like what you've got going on here. can you clarify one thing though? What's uh, Sean Kelly's role in this entire film? Well, he's the boss. So what did he do exactly? He tried to tell them to not worry about it. I no. thought that was Robbie McEwen. Ah, no. uh, he's he's like the he's the, he's the one who initially. Yeah, he comes yeah. around. So I think you got to see the whole movie. It's two and a half hours. I try to compress it down into it's a two and a half hours. Like, oh my god! <laughs> I just want to suggest one plot thing is that when when they bring it to Sean Kelly at one point, I want Kelly to be like, "Yeah, I was a sprinter, but I won the Volta, man. Come on." Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's not all sprinters here. I'm an all rounder. He's, like, he's I, like when I when I, I won Milan San Remo, I didn't do it from a bunch sprint. Okay. So, yeah. a couple of uh, other plot points: Can there be a scene in the dining car where they're all eating steak and Contador is serving the steak? There's a, there's a lot of cameos. I'm gonna put during that the out. transition a, stage, like these yeah. Easter eggs, right? That that exactly. kind of come out there. Now, little and, guy, and the way it's you're also laying the plot for like sequels. Yeah, and li- little guy, the way you're bouncing around your room, I'm sure you can't wait to tell us about your French New Wave Godard classic. Um, do you no, have a title I've... for this uh, film yet? Um, 
No, I haven't come up with a title, but I mean, you'll you'll I know what like movie I ripped at, off. If maybe you will. Right. Yeah, what do you got, at, little guy? Looking at this cast, I feel like uh, Simon Geshka should have been in this movie. <laughs> uh, you know, I thought he could have a role, but I didn't end up going with it. Okay, so movie opens uh, with a uh, with a young bike racer, just an anonymous bike racer, shooting EPO. Oh no! They <laughs> fall out of a window and they die. They land on a LeBaron. Oh, they're dead. Um, okay. <laughs> then, quick, quick cut to Sven Tuft taking a bath after a long day of smashing at the front of the Peloton. And he's like, ah, oh, I'm getting old. In walks the whole Orica team. Happy birthday. They wish him happy birthday. You're like, that's How a little weird. Uh, he's like 38 or something. 37, 38. And he goes, he grumbles, I'm too old for this. And then he says something about how he wants to get out and get that boat he's got in the driveway out on the ocean. You're like, that's weird, but whatever. Um, boom. Is that an allegory for something? Yeah, you'll see where I'm going. Then <laughs> it cuts to Daniel Daniel Oss. He's got crazy hair. He's living in a trailer. He's playing with his gun. He's the, he's he shows the up. Yeah. He's okay. the new cop. Boom. They're at the station. Okay. And then Matt White's there. He's like, Sven. I got a guy for you. You got to work with him now. His name's Daniel Oss. And he's like, but he's not even on the same team as me. You got to work with him. But he's crazy, and I'm retiring in three weeks. Okay. So then they go to their first job. There's a jumper. There's a guy named Javier Moreno Bazar who's on the Bahrain team. But he's jumping from World Tour down to second division to Delco. Daniel Oss is like, dude, don't do it. He goes up there on the ledge with him. He's like, if you're going to jump down to that level, I'm going to jump down to that level too. And then Javier's like, what are you, crazy, Daniel Oss? You're Daniel Oss. You can't do that. They jump, but ah, there was an inflatable below him. He faked him out. Daniel Oss, he's such a good cop, but he's kind of a loose cannon. (laughs) So Matt White... (laughs) <laughs> Matt White says, you guys got to investigate these drugs. They're both a little suspicious. They're like, hey, Matt White, didn't you do drugs when you were a cop? <laughs> he's, like, he's like, yeah. I, I mean, I did, but I'm not the baddie here. So Sven Tuff goes to see his old friend, Floyd Landis, who he was on the Mercury Vital team with when Sven Tuff was a trainee. So they were teammates for one year. And he says, hey, man. You didn't give this young pro the drugs, did you? And he's like, yeah, I did. I started bringing him in when I was in Nam. And then as Floyd Landis is telling him about how he's the drug mule all along, a helicopter flies down and shoots him through the window. Boom, he's dead. Oh, man. Okay. And I know this sounds a lot like Lethal Weapon, but it's not. I totally made it all up. Okay. And that's your movie. That's pre- so who shot Landis? Uh, I don't remember that far into the movie. <laughs> <laughs> do you have... I mean, have I title? didn't have enough characters to build farther yeah. into Lethal Weapon. That was all I could work with. <laughs> I made, That's like at least half of the first Lethal Weapon. Yeah. And if we do a sequel, I'm going to pick Posavio, and he'll be Joe Pesci for Lethal <laughs> Weapon 2. I like it. Do you, do you have an actual uh, title for your movie there, little guy? Uh, le- <laughs> a lethal Injection. Ooh. All right. Oh, okay. Nice. Well done, well done on the spot. I got it. Guys, I I had this. Uh, I had I had two plots that I was working with and both got blown up um, <laughs> with, with your draft picks. I, I must be too easy to read. Yeah, My second plot why. was going to be a British crime drama with um, – yeah. 
Sagan playing the, you know, anyone could, like, I was going to have Cavendish if I couldn't get Sagan, but you have the whole British crime uh, novella take place where um, Sean Kelly is the uh, is the lieutenant steering you at uh, Phil Liggett, the, the real bad guy. But uh, yeah. anyways, so nowhere near as good. Uh, I do think that uh, Lethal Injection sounds like a, a straight classic. Uh, runaway train or yeah. whatever it's oh, called. Here's, on a... here's the best part about my second Lethal Injection. One, you get Posavio because he plays the Joe Pesci character. And if you remember Lethal Weapon 2, it's against Apartheid. So they have to take down Pat McQuaid because ah. he raced in South Africa <laughs> and was a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it'll be great. <laughs> well, guys, this was a classic top corner draft corner. I'd, I'd really like to thank uh, you guys for participating mm-hmm. and also like to li- thank all the listeners that had to uh, go through that. Make sure you tweet at us at the Slow Ride Podcast to let us know who you think won top corner draft corner. It's either the classic film Lombardia, Lethal Injection, or uh, Runaway Train from uh, Spencer. I think it's going to uh, be Runaway Train colon The Sprinter's Lounge. Yeah. Uh, Due right. to copyright well, uh, infringements. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and and there you go. Uh, make sure you uh, rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Let us know. We'll read your review on the air. You can always email us at the Podcast at gmail.com like Derek and Chuck did this week. We'd also like to um, thank Yvonne for becoming a member of the Wide Angle Podium Network and winning that Heimar Zubeldia signed jersey. You can always, always, always wave at your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. And when you're doing that, make sure you yell at them, thanks BK1 of Rhymesayers Entertainment for the radio intro and outro on the music. And with that, I'm Tim in Orlando. Uh, Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston, Hollywood. Uh, get in touch if you want to buy the rights to the plot of the Sprinter's Lounge Runaway Train movie franchise. Uh, yeah, coming soon. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. You know, I. How close were you guys to taking TJ Van Garderen for the bad guy?